Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. There is a thin divide between what is perceived as spiritual and what is perceived as paranormal, for they are forever intertwined throughout time. Traveling within the history of the world, we can find examples of spirituality that involves everything from magic, spirits, gods and goddesses, seers, or people said to be able to talk to the dead, to the great beyond. We all have our belief systems, we all have our own truths, so let us possibly bend those truths a bit with some insights and perspectives that may be different than yours, or even give validation for what you see as true. Come sit with myself and the best of the best in the research, teaching, discovery, and practitioners of the day. My name is Bear Medicine Walker. And I welcome you to Spiritually Paranormal. Woo! So welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I have an amazing uh, young lady on with me today. And I consider her a kindred spirit, a sister, and many other things. And her name is Miss Anand Celeste. Uh, she grew up um, from a lot of different backgrounds and uh, cultures. And she has done a lot with her life. And I look at her as a light shining in the darkness. And uh, I hope you all feel the same way, too, once we're done talking today. And uh, I welcome you, my dear sister Anand, to Spiritually Paranormal. Thank you so much, Bear. Uh, I am humbled and honored because I consider you one of those luminaries out there that they're so hard to find. And when, when you realize that you have encountered a person that has reached so much to so many types. I am the lucky one to actually uh, you. Well, okay. thank you. I think it's uh, we have a mutual admiration society going on. So, <laughs> and I know it will continue on for years. But you know me, we don't, and, and she's the same way, folks. We don't blow smoke up anybody's ass. So, oh, God, you know, and it's the middle of the day and I cussed. Oh, well, so what? It's my show, right? <laughs> Exactly. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's so difficult um, in this day and age. You know, we were just talking a little bit um, before we came on live, and you know, uh, the the Queen of Soul passed away. Uh, it's been a couple weeks now, but um, respect R E S P E C T. I think people have forgotten not only their humanity uh, with compassion, but respect for others, but even respect for themselves. And I think they've come to a point um, in 2018 that they don't even understand what respect for themselves is. 
That is true. That is unfortunate, but it's true. Well, and then you you come into (laughs) the picture of what we do, you know, and um, I always kind of laugh because, you know, I don't know why they think it's kind of like musicians. Okay. Unless you're like on, you know, you're like the Rolling Stones or, you know, a modern group that's out there that's been around for a while or Steven Tyler, you know, you're not making the money. It's a, it's a hustle type business for them. And what people out there that aren't doing what we even do, they don't understand that we have to work. You know, we have to pay bills. We have to take care of ourselves. And, you know, but we're also giving back in so many different ways. And I know you do as well. You teach and, you know, you do readings and sessions for people and healings with people. And, you know, it, um, it balances out for us sometimes, but more than that, we're giving uh, things and teaching and giving away more than we get back. And and I know it's been a struggle to, uh, for many people, it's a struggle, don't you think, to balance that? Absolutely. The thing about um, spiritual teachers, uh, even gurus and like ourselves, that we're trying to just share and because we could have kept it for ourselves. So that was a choice that we made to actually go out and try to help people to see what they cannot see and to understand what otherwise cannot be understood in the situation. And that not only takes time and energy, our emotional Balance is a state when we try to go out of our way and put ourselves in that person's shoes. It takes a lot from us. And like you mentioned, we, times that we dedicate to this craft and to this work of love, how, that's how I call it, this work of love, it doesn't take away from our life. It adds to it. But at the same time, we have to understand that when the lights are off and the microphone shuts down. We are still human, and there is, we have to live in a space or may not be <laughs> friendly to us, and that takes away a lot. Many people don't know how many times I have gone hungry to bed in years past, and at the next <laughs> day without saying right? anything to anybody. <laughs> right? They don't get yes. that. You know, um, no, and in a way, um, and this isn't coming from ego at all, but in a way, we're doing spiritual work, okay, and, you know, and I don't like to refer to it as a religion, but I mean, if you look at people in pastoral care and and that type of a service um, related working with clients, oftentimes they don't, I mean, we don't live large. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I've got a roof over my head. I've got my utilities paid for this month. You know, the cupboards are sort of bare, you know, and and no pun intended, but you know, it, it is what it is. And, um, I think people lose sight of that. I don't know if it's because their egos step in and they're jealous or they're threatened. And I really don't understand. Cause like I look at you and 
I try to balance myself and keep myself in check. And I've got people that will say, hey, you know, if I was not in a sort of a balanced place, they would tell me, you know, because I trust that. And and I look at that and I it just makes me hurt for the way the world is today. I just, it's like, you know, you y'all want stuff to be taught to you by people with integrity and people that are, you know, spiritual. I was taught by my elders. You know, you were taught by your elders and our cultures and our backgrounds and our upbringings, you know, and it's taken a lot of time and we're still learning. Yes. We're still learning. Oh yes. And I, I just, um, I don't know. It just makes me so sad for people. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm alone in that. Oh, absolutely not. I have talked to many people that have said the same thing, actually even more frustrated because they're in the stage probably that we were a couple of years back when we started to understand how the human psyche actually reacts, that jerk reaction, encountering truth. And when people are starting to see that light, they get blinded and they can react two ways. They can humble themselves or they go into a rage because everything that they were told was not true or this is why I'm in this situation because I did not listen. All of those things, we have those two jerk reactions. And for some people, it takes longer than others to realize that we are part of a collective. And that collective, we can influence that collective, but also that collective influences us. So it is it is really hard and, and very devastating. That's one of the reasons that I cannot watch news. Uh, but at the same time, it is important for us to realize that there's people that are not there yet. Like, like literally, yep. they're not there yet. They cannot understand. It's not in their mind map. It's not in their in their subconscious. They're not there yet. So we have to deal as spiritualists or as spiritually inclined people to understand that probably that other person cannot see what we are seeing. And to a degree, it's it's not our fault, but at the same time, we cannot punish the ignorant. And we cannot punish the uneducated. And I'm not talking about school here. I'm talking about life experience. And it's a little hard to catch up, I guess. Well, you know, and I, I agree with all of what you said, but I also have come to a point where I've learned and, you know, I've spoken to my elders with this and my teachers over the years. And, you know, it's frustrating and, the thing is, we can do that for others, and it takes a lot. I mean, I had an episode that happened to me in a parking lot the other day, and if I had been in my 20s or 30s, this young kid would have been on the ground. I can tell you that, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that. Um, I would have knocked him out, uh, but I'm not that person anymore, and I vented, you know, not to him, obviously, but I vented, and I walked away from it you know, because choose your battles. But I'm also um, tired and have kind of laid my line in the sand. I'm not going to be people's doormats either. And I think that's part of what, when we teach and we do readings with people or sessions with people, 
and we work with clients and, you know, both of us, I know we have clients all over the world. And, you know, when you're working with these clients, you know, part of what we need to teach them is even though, you know, people come at you with all these negatives, you don't lay down and take it. Um, I'm not saying strike out against them, but you can remove yourself from that situation. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life now. I've drawn that line in the sand and I'm just not going to be abused anymore by it's not an excuse for people to not have respect for other people. Um, And social media has created, as wonderful as it is, as wonderful as it is, has created this three-headed monster that people feel because they're behind a computer screen or they're behind their phone pad that they can say whatever hateful, obnoxious, ego-driven thing against another person or another individual on whatever topic, even when they don't know them. And for me, that's just like wrong. That's like not how I was raised. And to me, they're cowards. They're just simply yeah, that's what cowards. Control. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Cyber trolls. What the oh, yeah, okay. They hide underneath a bridge and they scare you whenever you're trying to cross a bridge. So that is a perfect metaphor that the trolls do. Well, my 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 claws are bigger than theirs, so that's my stick's <laughs> yeah, bigger than theirs. True. So that's the way I look at it. I just don't care anymore. You know, people were all like apologetic to me because I told them I had pulled myself off of something. Thing had happened, that, and I wasn't like angry. I'm just tired of dealing with it. So it's like, okay, so then I'll just go away, and I'm not running away. I'm just don't need to deal with it. And neither do people that I work with. They don't need to have that negatives. You know, we have enough negatives in our own lives. We don't need to pull more in and spread it around. So everybody else gets their share of our share. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, yeah. So what are you finding with this chaotic world that we're talking about? Are you finding it's bleeding over with your clients into your clients' lives? or people that you work with? Uh, the people that find them, their, their way to me and my messenger box and my phone are mostly people that are extremely desperate or in a very dark place. By the time that the first, it's sometimes it's not only about reading, because once the reading is over, then you have this, for me, this moral responsibility to make sure that this person is okay. And more times than not, I find myself in this um, therapy, uh, therapeutic space between this person and myself. And I come from a nursing background, so that type. Me that too, me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, it helps. We're it twins. Is how people hurt and. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes they want compassion, they want sympathy, empathy, and when you mix those three with a reality check, a lot of things can happen. I am the kind of person that I cannot sugarcoat something for you, but I am going to find the most sensible way to try to address your issue. Uh, 
ironically enough, and now that you mentioned that, most of those people are, all, are people that are already in the path of self-discovery. They're trying to find themselves, and they're stuck in a place that they cannot move either backward, forward, up, or down. And they only need that little push to find the next step in their evolution. And I feel very privileged to be there for those type of individuals. There's others that it's just too much. The world is just too much. Their relationships are too much. The way that they live their lives, I think my, my sole goal is to try to point to the light at the end of the tunnel to try to make them understand that there's nothing definite, definitive in this life. But as long as you have breath and as long as you have the will to get out of any type of situation, it will change. The situation will change. But your heart and your mind have to be in the right place. But, yeah, and it is an awakening. It has been an awakening for many people. This last 10 years, 20 years, has been a revealing moment or all over the world. And like you said, social media has participated in that. Not only in the bad, we have known the good, the bad, and the ugly at the same time. So now we have we can see ourselves, the things that we do, the things that we say in other people's feeds. And you say, oh my God, I cannot believe I told these exact same hateful comments to my neighbor. I cannot believe that I did this horrible thing 10 years ago to this other person that I treated this person in the same way. And it's a, it's a mirror. We see ourselves. And it's a great opportunity to say, I don't want to be that person. I want to Well, it is. And you're, I'm a lot like you in the fact that I don't, I like that word. I never really use that word, sugarcoat. Um, I don't sugarcoat <laughs> things. I I tell them bluntly. It's like, Okay, I'm going to give this to you with love, but, you know, this is how it is, you know. And I just tell them like it is, the way spirit gives me. And sometimes if it's really blunt, like I'm really hearing it in a blunt manner or a really matter-of-fact manner, I tell them, please don't shoot the messenger. This is just how it's coming through. Because, okay, and you're sugarcoating it right now because I'm going to tell you, and and many of the people out there that do the spiritual work similar to what we do, um, you know, uh, they don't want to sugarcoat it either because it's like, you know, if you're stuck on stupid, you're stuck on stupid. I've been stuck on stupid. I'm not ashamed to admit that. You know, I've been stuck on stupid. The first part of my life, I was stuck on stupid. And, you know, every now and then I still get stuck on stupid. And I hope somebody comes by and kicks my ass and gets me out of stuck on stupid. And, you know, that's how I deliver it. And, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I love I love listening to you because you're so, like, nice and you're so, you know, you're so gentle. And I was in the nursing field, too. I worked up in ICU, and, you know, I I understand all that. But, you know, right now in this day and age, for me, for me, not, I'm not saying you, but for me, it's like people just need to hear it the way they need to hear it. Okay, I, I'm just telling you, that's the way I feel. So if they're, I, here's the thing I always say, be careful what you ask. Because if you don't want to hear the answer, the real answer, okay, don't ask them. 
Yes. Is that being yes. mean? I don't no, think that's being mean. No. That is perfect. 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 Hey, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. I don't pretend to be everybody's cup of tea, you know, but hey, I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. And, you know, I've had people walk away from me because I'm honest. I get that. They don't like, yeah, me, like you said, they don't like looking in the mirror, right? Right? They don't like looking in that mirror and seeing what I'm seeing. It's like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it's kind of scary. <laughs> so what, okay, what is your favorite um, kind of session or readings? What What is your favorite to do? Or better yet, tell me the things that you do do. Because, I mean, I watch do do. <laughs> do do. Um, I watch, I watch you guys do live streams and I listen to your show, but I mean, you know, do you, do you use tarot? Do you use crystals? You know, how, how do you do your thing? It has been always very difficult for me to try to explain that because most people are not in, in, you know, in brands that either use tarot or they use pendulum or they use direct channeling. I was, and I'm going to use this word, groomed, because I was too little to make a decision. And that, that was the, the honest truth. I was groomed as a channeler. And when I say groomed as a channeler, I didn't understand it then. But my grandmother and, uh, and the people that... Uh-oh, did I lose you? I lost you. Oh, no, I lost her. Well, okay, guys, let's take a little break here. And I know it's early, but let's take a little break here, and we'll be right back uh, as soon as I get Miss Anon back on the phone line uh, with Spiritually Paranormal. For right now, here's a little bit of Ray Charles and Georgia on my mind. Move the light through the pine 
other arms reach out to me. Other eyes that smile tenderly here and there. Still in peaceful dreams I see every other road. Oh, it seems like a young that does readings or sees to the other side or however you want to put it. The energy <laughs> kind of goes off the yeah. It kind of does what it I wants know. to do. So uh, that was kind I of know. weird, but hey, it's all okay. And, you know, um, the it's bad thing okay. is I forget I have my microphone on and sometimes I'll start singing and people will say, oh, my God, I hear it. Sing it, Bear. Sing it. <laughs> I'm like, no, we don't want to sing it. We you got to send me the link to that song. It was oh, it's, oh yeah, I love it. That's a Ray Charles special. That's that's like one of my favorite all times blues songs. So yeah, and I heard actually that yeah. they're bringing Designing Women back. Do you remember that show? Of course, of course. Oh my 
my gosh, yeah, well, they're relaunching it, you know, the 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 age of redoing shows. So I guess they're going to be, of course, half the cast has passed away, but I guess there's a couple left, but they're going to be bringing it back and, and redoing it, I guess. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. That and Murphy Brown. Yes, so that should I be know. interesting. I was so excited. Yeah. Okay, so the question you were responding to was what you do and how you do it. Uh, 90% of it is through channeling, and that is a dirty word in the spiritual community, especially uh, the New Age spiritual community. And many people are very afraid of that, and that's why I don't, put it forward, but honestly, that is the way that, even when I do tarot, when I do tarot, I am a completely different person. Like you said, uh, being very blunt, very forward, I'm a completely different person. And but when that happens, that's why one of the policies that I have is if I'm going to do a reading, I want people uh, to know, if it is not in person, to see their cards to see the, the process, and that's when they understand where it comes from. Uh, 98% of the time, I do not remember what is said on the, on the consultation, and that's why I always recommend the, the client, if you want to record it, you want somebody else to record it, because if you ask me afterwards after the session is over, there is, there is a, a huge chance that I may not remember the specifics of the reading. And that to me was, was I felt ashamed to a degree because I could not, I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to go. But to this day, 100% of the times of the consultations, is, it's shocking. It's not only to the point, but even the things that they didn't bring, that didn't want to bring up come up. So, it is a very personal thing for the for the client, but and it's draining for me. Don't you think? You know, it, it is draining. Channeling, channeling is drain. You know, if you if you want to yeah. put a uh, label to it, channeling. You know, when you're working with spirit like that, and somebody comes in like that, and channeling means different things in different places. I've found, exactly. um, like over in the UK, yeah. it, it, it's totally different than what it means here sometimes, and. But what I always tell my clients, and when I do readings, I'm in the in-between. I'm not there 100%. I'm not here 100%. I'm in the in-between. And the messages I'm not going to remember. When I'm done with the session, within an hour, unless somebody like specifically like will write me or say something to me later, I, and I don't remember it, I can address it, but I can't remember it. But the messages exactly. aren't for us. They're for them. Exactly. So that's why we mm-hmm. don't remember them. It's like we really. How do you like? Do you like when when? <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. When you're going to be <laughs> working with a client or working with a person, or you're going to be like having lunch with somebody or dinner with somebody, and all of a sudden, you know, the night it usually starts the day before. Spirit comes through, and they're like, you know, or the mediumship stuff comes through, and you know the spirits on the other side are, t- and you know, it's crazy, right? I'm not the only one saying this, right? It, it's a crazy way of life because 
they come through and it's like, oh, my God, you got to tell them this. Or, oh, my God, you're going to be with my, you know, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, grandfather, grand, whatever, okay, sister, brother, whatever. And it's like, oh, my gosh, can you guys, like, just stop? It's like, just stop. Like, I'm going to remember this tomorrow, you know. Talk to me tomorrow. Don't talk to me now. And it's like, knock, knock. And, I mean... Our life. I don't think people fully comprehend unless they do this kind of work. What all sometimes yeah. can be involved, you know? Um, like you said it's draining sometimes. Yes. Yeah. It is very draining sometimes, and this has happened to me a lot. And that was one of the reasons why, for almost ten years, I didn't do the work as it is called in certain circles. I would feel that if spirit would come and this person that passed or this person that I'm talking to has a certain ailment. I was reading this young lady and she was telling me, what can you tell me? And I started feeling a really horrible pain in my left arm, radiating all the way to my neck. I couldn't speak for five seconds. I started to mumble. First of all, I don't care what comes out of this reading. I need you to go to the hospital. I really need you to go to the hospital because this is not good. Um, This is not going to end well, and I'll help you. We will talk, but you need to go to the hospital. And by that time, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't uh, stand up. I was standing up. I usually want to do my reading uh, over the phone or in the internet. I walk because I have to keep moving. I couldn't move. I sat down on the floor and started hyperventilating. And she wrote me back, I've been feeling this really bad pain in my arm. Did you saw something scary? You have to go to the hospital. And yes, exactly. She had a heart attack two days prior and she didn't know it. And those are the remnants of it. So those type of things are very real to people that do reading. And that's why I have so much respect for them because I know what it takes is emotional, is mental, and it's physical to us. So, yeah, I, I well, was recommended when I was. Mm-hmm. That's no, but and, and that's so true because if we look at, um, you know. And I don't like the word new age. That just cracks me up because this has been around since the dawn of time. You know, this has been in every religion, every culture, every, you know, granted back in the 1800s, they used to slam people like us into insane asylums because we'd hear voices Mm -hmm. and they thought we were bananas, you know, um, So, I mean, this has been around. So, you know, new age, I think, is like kind of like, you know, people trying (laughs) to cash in to sell their books and their their, um, different stuff. You know, there's like somebody, and I won't mention their name, but you'll understand when I say it, um, that had really marketed angels for the first time anybody no one had done it back in the day and this particular person did decks and 
books and programs and I want to teach you how to talk to the angels and was charging like 500 to a thousand dollars for these classes okay you and I don't do that you know and there's most people in circles don't do that okay um you know of course there's going to be fair bargaining trade, you know, with each other, but I mean, we just don't do that. So there's a difference between, and I thought this person was fake and false when I first noticed them. So and I was right because they've since renounced all of it as marketing. So it's like, okay, yep. well, you know, they were a great marketer, but that's not what we do. And that's not our background. And do you find too, that it goes through families? Do you find that it runs in families, the gift, the curse, the gift, the curse, the gift, whatever you want to call it. And I love the way that you have, uh, that you have categorized it because that's exactly how I've been feeling the whole of my life for at least in my family, it was, it has been to a degree n- not good because it always comes up and it's always useful when terrible things happen or when people are suffering. It, it was never from something good. So that was the kind of a thing that I saw ever since I was a little girl. And the fact that, unfortunately, in families that this gift runs, it's not explained to us as some, at least not to me. I don't know about anybody else or you. It was not explained to me that not everybody could do this. It was my assumption Yeah, didn't that you think everybody, everybody could? Yeah, didn't you think yes. everybody could? Very young? Yeah, I did. In my, yes. I was a teenager until I understood and I asked, I I asked a friend of mine, but how can, I thought you knew this. I, I thought that you could see this or feel this. And she looked at me like, no, that's why people pay to go to these places and go to these people to actually reach that information. And I was devastated. I was truly devastated because I started feeling like a freak. And to a teenager feeling that odd at that age, especially in the part of the planet that I live, I knew that I had my work cut out for me and I had two two choices, either hide, embrace it, and take the punches as they roll because I had no other choice. But yes, it does run in families. And there is always, for example, my father was somebody that always, what would be the good word to put this? Resented the fact that he could do certain things and that his family could do certain things. And he tried to mask it with religion. He became a Baptist, and in his mind, that would take care of it, but it didn't. So he became more resentful, and he became more angry at the fact that he cannot switch it off. And every, and he was, like you said, people reflect themselves. So if they don't have it true, that's just fake or the ones that have been in that situation, but they don't want to be labeled as something that our society decides is diabolic or or fake, they go with the flow of the current. Say, okay, that's part of the devil's work or what 
to to belong to be to belong into a community that would accept them. And to this day, to this day, he's sixty-two years old, and he cannot he cannot grasp it or even say this is part of who he is. And it's really sad. It's just it's really sad, and I feel for him. And for those. Well, people. what do you think? That leads me to another question. See, I, see, now you're in the hot seat. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Um, Okay, so this leads me to another question that, you know, I've actually thought about a lot over the years and had the discussion with some people at some point, but not a lot of people really want to, like, go there. What do you do with people like ourselves and, you know, I mean, in the field or, you know, or with the gift curse, gift curse, gift curse, you know. What do you do? What kind of, when we get stuff, you know, and we see stuff, and I know you see stuff, and I've seen stuff that are like world events or community events, you know, what do we do with that information? Because, I mean, you know, I'm like, okay, so what am I supposed to do with this, okay? Um, what do you think? I mean, I understand that, you know, this is a huge responsibility, what we do, okay? And yes. I don't under- think a lot of people even understand that at times. I just feel that, what do we do? Sometimes, like, you know, I've seen things of world events that have happened or, you know, whether it's climate stuff or it's, you know, uh, violent stuff or just events in general. What what do you what, what are your thoughts on that? What are what are we supposed to do with that? In good, me personally, good question. Huh? Actually, <laughs> yes, it is. And I was thinking about that this morning how sometimes what comes out of our mouth is so outrageous and so out of place of the uh, public or normal folk opinion that two things can happen. Either we we marinate in that information until it hits us very hard in the psyche and then we'll feel guilty because we didn't say something. Or on the other case, when we do say, and that has happened to me, it has happened to me. And it happened to me live on a Facebook video about a year ago, actually a year and a half ago, that I said, told, and every single thing has come to pass. And it hasn't been, there hasn't been a day where I have not prayed to every force out there that I was wrong. And it's very challenging. It's very challenging when you see every single thing come to fruition, every single thing coming to light, that you don't feel, what could I have done to prevent this? What could I have done? Could I have done something? But I'm a nobody. What the, what, what, what the heck am I going to do? I'm a nobody. And, yes, it is a horrible irresponsibility. But when you see yourself, especially now, like you said, in, in, in social media, we catch glimpses of things that we see, and when they come to fruition, two things happen. Either they are more afraid of you, that that has been my experience, yeah. or, <laughs> or 
in the worst case scenario, I have uh, have found a couple of people that said, why didn't you do anything about it? Yeah. So it makes you a, a, like an accomplice to a situation that you had no control over. So to me, yeah. it's a double-edged sword. You cannot it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, well, you kind of get, you know, I don't know about you, but I kind of get angry, okay, because it's like, what am I supposed to do? And I've had things in the past where, like, I'm sure you have as well, you know, events and what have you. But I've also seen, like, um, and I think this is one of my biggest things that really gets my craw is when they'll say a kid is missing. And I mean kid by under under 13, 13 or under, okay. And I'll see it, and I'll know right where they are, and I'll know they're still alive, and I'll know that they're looking for tips and stuff on hotlines, and I'll sit there and I'm like, okay, so what do I do? Do I call? <laughs> are they going to think I'm some whack job? You know, um, and I have a couple times I it was so strong that I called and they didn't they did nothing to go where I told them I thought it was. I left them my phone. I call, I kept calling. I kept calling and it wasn't in my state and I kept calling and I kept calling and they found them exactly where I told them they would find them. Only when they found them they found them no longer alive that makes me angry you know so it's a real kind of precarious balance that we have to walk and um sometimes it's really hard to do that walk sometimes it's really super (laughs) hard to do that walk. you know um it's not always good even with people that you meet on the every day that you see some things that are so horrible in nature that they're going through, that they don't want to talk about, that they don't want to admit. And you know that something very specific is about to happen. And you have this knowing that, A, nothing is going to stop that very thing from happening. And I hate to use this, but it needs to happen. It's just there's nothing that, it's, nothing that can prevent it from happening like a disease or a specific accident, a specific circumstances. And you are involved to a degree, at least that's how I felt in certain situations, like you said with the missing children. How many times have not, I got really involved in 2014 with um, everything that has to do with violence against children, especially when it comes to their parents. And I would see this, all these missing children or, or this, uh, children that died at the hands of their parents, and I could see and feel it because, like I told you, to me it's very physical. Everything that happened and that impotence of not not not, not having anything to do about it, or not because I don't want to, because I can't. By the time that even I say something, it's already too late. So, to me, it's very. It, it always has been very difficult. And for my experience, the times that I have to, I, I try to prevent something, it still happens. And I got blamed for it because I, yeah. like, I don't know if I told you, yeah, of my friend and 
in middle school that I told you really have to reconnect with your father because he's not going to be here for next Christmas. And she took it as a joke, and she says, I don't care. But she still went to her dad. They went out, and they had ice cream. It wasn't a murder. It didn't disappear. It was something that uh, nobody knew that he was having those type of uh, illness. And I got blamed for it. His, uh, his ex-wife blamed me for it. Uh, his, uh, his children blamed me for it. I was only 13. And I just said what spirit was telling me at that moment and to me in my mind I had something to do with it and it took me years almost 20 years to just put that behind that this is the norm this is just how they read do you ever think do you ever think we'll reach a point in our lifetimes that people will accept it more um, as a norm as something that, like, uh, you know, the authorities can reach out for assistance or, I mean, do you ever think that we'll see that day? Uh, Where it's absolutely. not a joke? It boomed in the 80s, uh, utilizing psychics, and it didn't go well 90% of the time. But uh, we own, uh, actually, it is common knowledge right now that, for example, governments, and I'm not talking only about ours, governments use people like us for military use. So they have the proof. Now, the mainstream public, that is another completely different question. As long as we keep having this, and there is no other way to say this conservative ideas about what religion and what spirituality is, to label that as a big no-no. And politically, and when it comes to the department, unfortunately, they have bosses, and those bosses have bosses. So they don't want to get their hands into something that can get them in trouble. It's all about perception. But yes, you're absolutely right. We're going to reach a time, maybe not in our lifetime, because that was also something that I have been thinking about a lot, maybe not in our lifetime, but our children, our children's children, are going to grow up and age in a world where this is the norm. Not as a spiritual thing, but as a more, not mainstream, because that's not, not the word either. That is going to be not only the norm, but the way to do things. Well, what do you think about it? Uh, as, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of TV shows right now, and I actually have some good friends that are in the uh, research business with the paranormal and stuff. And, I mean, I trust them and I know them, so I know the work they're doing is investigative. It's more research than entertainment, although it is entertaining to watch them get the bejesus scared out of them sometimes i just kind of laugh but um you know do you think that we will see a time where not only the paranormal research but paranormal researchers will trust spiritual mediums more because i still kind of look at it like we're sort of a joke you know um an acquaintance of mine, Thomas John, uh, is doing on Lifetime um, uh, Network on television right now. He's doing the, um, oh, it's kind of like karaoke in a car with James 
Corbin. It's the same type of a thing. He's a psychic who picks him up and drives him around, you know, psychic cab or psych. I can't remember. Oh, that's terrible. I can't remember it. That just shows you how old my brain is getting. Um, but anyway, um, do you think it'll ever get to a point where we kind of won't be the butt of the joke? Cause I really do feel that sometimes watching some of these shows and listening to some of these people and then watching some of these people charge 500 to a thousand dollars an hour, which I think is totally ridiculous. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we have to separate the entertainment arena from the scientific, from the spiritual. Many people in the paranormal community, uh, they have to approach things in a scientific way because that is their job, either to refute or to accept a theory. And I have a lot of respect for that. I, I, my mind is very scientific, maybe as the Asperger's, I don't know, that I have to see thing in scientific way. And that is one of the reasons why I am absolutely sure that the paranormal has a uh, Okay, I gotta ask you, are you hearing that? Only gonna get bigger and it's going to introduce Yes. <laughs> I don't think are you hearing that beeping? Yes, Is that you or us or the energy? It's the energy, yes. Did you disappear again? <laughs> yes. I'm fully headed. Holy crow, that's so wild. The energy is oh, yeah. so high right now. I feel like I'm bouncing off the ceiling. So, yeah. So I apologize for that, folks. It's not We're not doing it on purpose. It's just, yeah. Okay. Two high energy people in one spot, you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And, and that's another thing. Uh, for example, these type of phenomena can be can be explained scientifically. It's just that not many paranormal researchers in the scientific field they're very careful what they attach their names to. They have a reputation to uphold. And but this is the reason why so many universities still have and very well funded paranormal research departments because there is something there now. To marry the think the spiritual and the paranormal, it's uh, it's like a couple that is strange, but they still love each other. <laughs> type oh of my thing. god, that's so funny! <laughs> yeah, it is. It is what it is. And I have worked with um, secular and for religious people that are trying to explain certain phenomena. And one of the common denominators is that they want the truth. And as long as people want the truth, whether or not it can be explained in a laboratory, that is something completely different. But the advent of uh, not uh, physics, uh, physics and quantum physics, this is exactly what, is, what we're trying to do in the background. We're trying to prove in the lab all the things that we have seen for thousands of years. And that's exactly what is happening. They cannot label it because they cannot categorize it, but it's still there. So, well, you know, to some point, to some degree, it has to be faith. You know, it has to be. And then the other side of the scope is some of the stuff, you just can't make this shit up. I mean, I was doing a stream on some, I, I'm just saying it. I was doing a stream in a group the other day. 
and I could hear the lighter click, and then I could hear the intake of breath, and I could smell the smoke. And I said immediately on the stream, who just lit a cigarette? And somebody admitted that their husband walked up just at the moment I asked, just behind them, overlooking her shoulder, lit a lit a, lit a lighter and lit a cigarette and inhaled it. And they were like, holy crow, how did you do that? And it's like, I heard it. I can't tell you. But then there's so many things. If you talk to a neurologist or a neurosurgeon, okay, I was going to say a neurologist, a neurosurgeon, and, you know, there's so much about the human brain that we don't understand. And we're not even using the human brain as an individual, even half of it. I mean, there's so much of it that's not being utilized. I've seen, again, neurosurgery done that was back done in the mid-90s that literally for children that had, like, epileptic seizures that were so bad it was crippling their life they had half of their brain removed and they basically taught and remapped the left side or yeah the other side of the brain to do what the other side had been doing and the seizures were stopped they were a little bit different personality but they still functioned and they still had high function. You know what I'm saying? So there's so much about the human brain that we truly just don't know. And I just believe, at least this is my belief, that we're all born with this ability. And that it's society that kind of teaches us to shut it down. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You cannot uh, have said it better. Um, there is a lot of studies that go to what is the relationship between consciousness and biology. And that's when the doctors, the psychiatrists, the neurologists have their issue. That they cannot, they cannot say that consciousness at, at itself, only by itself, is completely uh, in relation to how the brain works. Like you said, we use less than 10% of our brain capacity. We still don't know how genes for the information stored in the genes actually relate to everything that we are and everything that we do and the way that we think. You add that culture and conditioning, and all of that is going but, but universal. And that's not, that's not something that I, that I took out of, my, out of my bag. This is something that is, that is true. This is why there are so many religions and so many practices that have so many similar bases. It is in the way that they practice it or the frontal figure that's changed or changes because it keeps changing and it's going to keep changing. So consciousness is... Well, look at twins. Exactly. Look at twins. Look at twins. They can't explain that. And if that's Mm -hmm. possible, why isn't anything else possible? You know what I'm saying? So it's like a human consciousness, like a a, um, universal... You know, um, if you're connected to somebody, it's that universal knowing of, um, you know, like if something happened to a child or, you know, if something happened to your parent or you, you know what I mean? Or your spouse or somebody that you really cared about, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can't explain that away. It's just too, I don't know. It's just too, um, too real. 
too many pieces of evidence that put it out there that, okay, you're saying it doesn't exist. Prove it doesn't exist. That's what I want to say to them. That's a very ironic uh, ironic thing that we do as human beings because if you say that to a person, for example, that believes in God and you tell them, oh, that's beautiful, you have a lot of faith, but when you ask them, can you prove it, that God exists? Have you seen him? Have you talked to him? Has he materialized something? They say it's not, the proof is not necessary because of their faith. And yet for other things, we scream for proof. And to me, that's fascinating. It is so fascinating how we pick and choose the things that we want to believe or not, or the things that we expect proof from. It is laughable. It is laughable how many people can say that they're very sure of the things that they believe, but they don't require proof. But when somebody else puts an idea forward, they demand for it to be scientifically proven. To me, that's a fascinating concept. Yeah, it kind of makes you think, right? Oh, yeah. Kind of makes <laughs> yeah. you stop and wonder. And, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> See? <laughs> I, think we were, I think we were separated at birth. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Holy crow, an hour has gone by already, my dear. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I always schedule more time because, you know, I don't want to end in the middle of a sentence. But um, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights with me. And, you know, it's all things that I think that people have on their minds when we talk. And I love it. You know, I love sharing that because I think sometimes we're willing to ask each other questions that I don't think other people are willing to ask or put out there sometimes. So I really appreciate you very much. And uh, um, thank you for coming on. And we're going to have to do this again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is way too fun. (laughs) All right, sister. Well, thank you very much. And where can I find you, by the way, before I am rude and just kind of say, okay, bye. I won't do that to you. Where can they, I'm sorry, my brain is not working well today. Where is it that they can find you if they want to check you out and what you do? Oh, absolutely. I'm all over Facebook. I have my page over there in Facebook and Knowledge from Behind the Veil here at Blog Talk Radio on the Rift Network, Wednesdays at 9 Eastern time. Oh, awesome. You're over here, too. That's right. Yay. Okay. And they can find you on Facebook. And you won't be disappointed. Let me tell you. Get in touch with her if you're looking for somebody who is amazing and will work with you in a very um, loving, caring way. Uh, This is the girl for you. So remember that, folks. And uh, thank you again so much, my dear. And until next time. Take care, Bear. Thank you for listening in today on Spiritually Paranormal as brought to you by the Wolf and the Bear Network. Many blessings of the day to you all. Music has been brought to you by Chris Faree and is available over at chrisfaree.com and iTunes.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.